All right, here we go. Three, two, one, and play. One, two, Disney original. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Here we go. Ten, eleven, twelve. I think I'm mostly synced on my two systems here. All right, guys, welcome to Hawkeye. We made it. Let's see if I can slightly sync it up. That's pretty good. Marvel Studios, looking great. Oh, man, great to add Haley Steinfeld's adorableness, <laughs> adorable likeness to all of this. Here we go. I did not specifically think of the obvious, which was that they I knew it was in New York. I knew she was from New York, and that's how she knew of Hawkeye. I knew that she knew about Hawkeye from 2012 Avengers in the Chitari battle. But I did specifically think they would start by showing us the Chitari again. But God bless if they did, because we can't get enough. We see a little bit of her family situation, which is definitely a situation casting Vera Farmiga as Mom Bishop, and we haven't really seen much of her through three episodes, don't know which way she's going, it was brilliant. Vera Farmiga is always a brilliant casting for uh, appealing but somewhat mysterious and maybe morally ambiguous women. I've never seen a movie where Vera Farmiga wasn't great in a highlight. Um, it, it doesn't matter how much of a role she is. Departed, uh, Up in the Air, um, uh, you know, um, the source code with Jake Gyllenhaal. It just keeps going and going okay here we go with i guess old dad um and obviously new stepdad is going to be a big problem which is great to contrast to mr renner my tv not looking amazing but i can live with it for now let's see if i can sync this a little bit there we go i don't want to move You don't have to. Now she's... Okay, now I got synced. Mommy said things don't fall from the sky. I remember as soon as I said 2012 in New York, I'm like, oh, it clearly, uh, you know, uh, the, we're going to see Hawkeye and maybe hopefully the Hulk and so forth come. So, you know, my only critique of this the first three episodes, uh, which I'll just say now and not harp on because I don't really care, is it's mostly predictable what, what they've done um, plot-wise and even in terms of the writing. Um, but I don't really care one iota um, because I am here for the char main characters and the main actors, um, and they're going to turn everything to gold. And as usual, what Renner, the, one of the reasons I knew Renner and Steinfeld were going to work great together was because of his amazing father-daughter, uh, um, you know, vibe that he was achieved twice with Elizabeth Olsen in, in in Ultron and all of the Avengers and Marvel movies following Ultron, involving Wanda Maximoff, and with Elizabeth Olsen in Wind River, uh, the uh, Taylor Sheridan movie, which is one of my favorites of all time with those two same sort of thing not actual father just met recently but was the older father figure in her life even while he's confused and dark and dealing with things too and they need each other and it's just the perfect time um and, and so uh, Haley is so far ahead to, uh, where lizzie was in 2015 in, in terms of experience um and i'm not going to say skill because elizabeth olsen is a natural actress here we go with the chitari um elizabeth olsen is a natural actress uh no two ways about it um but you know haley has been doing this with true grit for what almost 10 years now um and so you, you, you have to make note of that um no matter what but here we go 
Um, and so this was going to be more of a, uh, even though this was started to talk, this was, as I said in my long intro, this started to be talked about in 2019, the rumors of them pushing hard to get Haley signed as Kate Bishop as a long-term Marvel star. Um, they didn't start doing it till a year ago and releasing it till now. Um, uh, here we go. This is great. I'm glad that they actually spent some money on this. Let's see where it transitions into actual Joss Whedon 2012 footage. I know everyone hates Joss now. He sounds like he's been a bad guy. Um, he shouldn't have been, but Avengers 2012 is still one of the most important films in the history of, of history. Um, and one of the most fun. Here we go. And it's great. Everyone else, you know, people want to, you know, get the, get Hulk's, uh, autograph, uh, or they want to be Cap or, you know, Iron Man, so sexy and rich, or, you know, Thor, the God of Thunder. Nope. She specifically sees Hawkeye do one of the coolest moves where he has only one arrow left during this Chitari battle, and he uses it to jump off a building and use it as a grappling hook to maybe not die and hit the ground. And boom, he saves her with the arrow. Oh, boom, hits the Chitari. I don't even know. This is such great blending there, Stark Tower. She's right across from Stark Tower, young Kate. Oh, this is great. This is great. And here he is. And here, she's just watching. And there it is. This, this is the shot straight from Avengers 2012. He jumps off the building and uses one of his trick arrows, which he'll become obsessed with, of course, obviously. Uh, there's the music, the slow motion. Oh, this is great. And he, it's so typical Hawkeye. He's just trying not to die, to contribute just enough. Like in Endgame, he did so much in Endgame, obviously. But in the final battle, he mostly was just the first guy with the glove trying to get it to the more powerful people and just not die while it was happening with the Thanos invasion. It's great. That's what you want with street-level heroes. You know, guys like Daredevil get their ass kicked. They put themselves out there. They're, you know, super-powered, but not like the Hulk or Thor, and so they're going to get their their butt kicked. Here's the dad dying. We had to have this happen. Single mom, they're rich, problems in the family, and then a sketchy stepdad. And I'm not going to talk too much about the stepdad, um, because for the first three episodes, they have been like b beyond telegraphing that he's the big evil bad guy which is making me think he's not gonna end up being the big evil bad guy or he's being controlled or whatever part of a bigger project i just don't really care um i sort of thought something like that would happen because they were pushing vera farmiga and we didn't hear much about her dad in terms of the series itself god is she so gorgeous she's always been gorgeous she's always been mature old she always looked like a full mature woman and always been beautiful vera farmiga so good american treasure i think she's american got a great italian name um, not a coincidence, by the way, that that that, that uh, maybe evil stepdaddy looks a little bit like dead daddy, real daddy here. Um, but anyways, you know, having her be able to just watch Hawkeye do Hawkeye ground level stuff during um, uh, uh, Battle of New York, and that be the, the archery thing. Wait, where's where's my where are my subtitles? There we go. The, okay, so these I won't. I, I I don't know the names outside of the main actors uh, off the top of my head because I don't want to be doing IMDb stuff. Um, and I don't know. I know Matt Fraction. Uh, was the who's a f very uh, prolific and famous writer, both for Marvel and other comic books. Matt Fraction is the one who did this particular run of Hawkeye slash Kate Bishop a bunch of years ago, on and off. And in uh, uh, this opening scene here, that's very again Netflix just 
Jessica Jones stylized Daredevil type thing. Not a coincidence um, as they bring in sort of the the Defenders 1.5 under a new uh, management um, with a new entry point. It's cool that she's fencing, actually, um, and doing martial arts in addition to, obviously, she has to be able to fight, not just shoot bows and arrows. Um, And... uh, uh, so this this artwork here with the the blue and the purple and the green and the sort of aqua green and all the bullseyes and stuff is from the Matt Fraction and, and a bunch of other a famous uh, <laughs> artists who I'll try and have more information about later. Uh, but I love the opening and you know we knew everyone was was making Defenders comparisons in terms of all the ground level New York City fighting stuff. But it also was like Christmas and there was a dog and it was Haley Steinfeld and like she was saying holy shit but they were not having her actually say shit and it was fun and so. So we'll see again. We're only three episodes in in my world right now as I'm recording here on, uh, what is it, Wednesday, December 1st. Um, but, uh, you know, so far they are really nailing this thing where it, it, there is a lot of fighting in its ground level New York stuff, but because of the main characters and the tone, um, and, you know, it's bloodless, of course, and, you know, you're not going to have steamy sex scenes and so forth. Uh, but uh, here she is. Here she is in the purple and black. This is all I wanted since I first heard it. Since I first, since DC first lost out on Haley Steinfeld, and Marvel made the offer to her, which I had heard from inside sources. I don't have a ton of inside sources because this isn't a full-time job or hasn't been yet. It's going to be soon. We'll talk about that later. But ever since Marvel realized the obvious that this, not only the best young actress, sort of early mid 20s, but the best young actor or actress of this age, by far, both in terms of talent, past and present talent, works and future abilities and potential, who's unsigned and could fit in this role was clearly Ellie Steinfeld. I had heard very strongly. Um, I had heard that, that Feige was going after her very strongly. It didn't seem to happen. It disappeared quite quickly. Everyone denied it. And I really lost faith. And then, you know, Dickinson became a huge thing, which I also thought would be big. And I was happy for her, but I thought there was room for in, in her life and <laughs> her career for both of these types of things. Yep, here she is practicing with the tennis ball bow and blowing up the, uh, the, the bell tower. Yeah, here goes my my TV pooping out a little bit, a little bit of a letdown. Watch my fucking. Uh, let me just fix this. Right, she she has to be a better archer. She's going to be smarter. She's going to be more grounded. Uh, but the fact that she is kind of an unstable young woman, even at her age, and is a rich girl who's sort of spoiled and has a, 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 a troubling family situation, um, was the right thing to do. Because if it was just Hawkeye was down on his luck and she was the one who had to fix him, kind of thing, all of a sudden we've got Rose Tico all over again, and we did not want that. You know, even if she's the new Hawkeye and he is kind of damaged and trying to repent for some of his sins or whatever um uh you know we need her to go through a journey too i don't know if it's going to happen fully in six episodes where they also have way more characters and are doing way more world building in this new defenders verse than i thought maybe would be the case um and, and so there actually has not been a ton of time to really do just straight character building with Haley uh, Seinfeld as Kate Bishop. Um, and they've actually spent a lot more time just on Renner as Hawkeye, which I'm thrilled about because I love him. And that's the whole reason I thought this would work. It was not just that I love Haley. It was that it was specifically Renner as Hawkeye. That would be the, the, the teammate, the partner, um, and the one shepherding her in. 
And it's looking like rather, on top of everything that's making me happy about all of this, is not only does it not seem like she's shepherding him out, um, but it seems that they loved doing this so much, as I thought they would, that they want to keep doing it, but even be involved in the spin-off shows like Echo, the deaf ninja uh, female assassin who we're going to see in a few episodes, who I knew would be introduced and was getting her own show, is a cool character from the comics, is again going to be another uh, JJ level, uh, ground level, morally disturbed anti-hero, superhero, whatever type thing in New York City um, uh, in her series, and it seems like already that Haley and Renner have agreed and want to do it like that was part of this whole thing wasn't it's not like you know i want to get this out of the way all of this quote-unquote setting up that's going on like of echo this isn't like sort of oh here's the rogers musical this leaked early on purpose as a hamilton tribute lin-manuel miranda definitely was like i see you marvel studios he's done a million disney projects <laughs> renner's so bored he can't believe this is about captain america his buddy steve rogers um but the sort of tribute to mu- the, the rebirth of musicals specifically hamilton lin-manuel uh uh, but just in general, um, uh, everyone was very excited about, and they released some of this stuff ahead of time. And you know, his family has various levels of horror because you know they know who the Avengers are. He's a guy just like Tony Stark. You know, I mean, in Ultron, you know, they, they, these. They, <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the best moments ever, in my opinion, is you know, the, the Hulk just has torn apart uh, Johannesburg. Uh, and everything has gone to shit, and, you know, and Ultron's winning, and Sokovia's about to go flying, oh, there's dead Black Widow, that's so sad, just thinking about Natasha, is there, are they gonna, are they gonna flip to, uh, endgame footage? I don't know if they are, um, and, and Renner's flying, he's like, ah, don't worry, I got this covered, he takes him to his house, and they walk in, and there is Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks, our girl, as Mrs. Barton, pregnant. And there's like little kids running around in toys. And you've got Thor in his costume. You've got Tony Stark. You've got, you know, Bruce Banner and, and Scarlett Johansson in her assassin suit. She knows, but of course, because they're buddies, but no one else knows. And uh, <laughs> Renner just takes his wife and he's like, guys, this is uh, Linda. What's her name in the show? I don't even know Linda Carlini's name in the show. He's like, guys, this is my wife, Linda. And they're like, uh, hi. And Linda Carlini in perfect, awkward, uh, freaks and geeks, but fits perfectly in the Avengers uh, awkward humor universe as well. Just waves uh, with a, uh, you know, uh, sort of mischievous smile, for lack of a better word, knowing that this would eventually happen, that she'd meet all these crazy people who had no idea who she was. And she was like, hi, I know all your names, <laughs> you know, being the audience. And then there's that great moment later where he confides in her that, you know, these twins are, you know, causing problems and he might have to be the one to step in because he's the dad and she sort of gives him permission to. It's so good. I don't know why people didn't love the family stuff with Hawkeye and Ultron. For me, it's one of the best parts and remains one of the best parts. And as in completely uh, informed and led to uh, everything that's going on with Wanda and Kate here. Okay, Thanos was right, right? Of course you're going to get the people... You know, this has been a theme, and and I haven't watched everything that's come out, by the way. Uh, Fate Accompli, I haven't seen much of Loki. I did not see Shang-Chi. I did not see The Eternals. I mostly marveled out, um, but especially because I knew my two favorite uh, uh, um, (laughs) predictions slash hopes and wants and dreams in terms of uh, uh, characters and actors... 
um, uh, were both going to be happening this year in Disney Plus and Wanda with WandaVision and Haley here as Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. Um, I, 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 you know, I haven't really wanted to be dou- overly doused in Marvel because I wanted to focus on the things that I've been most excited about and hoping would happen. I'm just thrilled that we're here. I'm still watching this going, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. You know, for two years, I, uh, I guess not two years, for a year and a half, I stewed on those the two couple weeks of rumors where I had real inside sources saying they want Haley, they wanted to be Kate Bishop. They want Haley, they wanted to be Kate Bishop. And then it didn't happen. And I just stewed on my anger. I took it out on her mentally where I cooled on Haley for a while. I was like, ah, she thinks she's the hostile. You know, the whole thing. I lost faith. I, I briefly lost my way. And luckily... Uh, after briefly losing my way, WandaVision started ramping up, and then the news that, that Haley as Kate Bishop was happening, and uh, I was like, you know, it's like with Kathleen Kennedy in Star Wars, I, you know, I didn't love Last Jedi, I, I really didn't like Episode Nine. unlike the rest of America, I'm not a fan of The Mandalorian, unless it involves Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, or uh, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan, really don't like that show very much, I think it's corny, I do like the animated Star Wars stuff, but I really 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 respect and follow and just and just admire the shit out of the brains and the guts and the balls of the people behind these things Kathleen Kennedy at Lucasfilm and of course Kevin Feige at uh, Marvel Studios with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's not all for me and that's okay um, in some ways I realized that earlier about Star Wars because it's just a thing that's closer to me that's more to my heart that's you know from the earliest parts of my childhood and I almost immediately know what's for me like Rogue One with Star Wars and I'm almost immediately know what's not for me like the Mandalorian and and so forth um Marvel it's been less clear because when I started my podcast was right after Winter Soldier and Ultron which are still two of my favorite comic book movies ever and then there was a bunch of stuff I didn't love and we didn't really get we we got no Renner between 2015 and that's not true he briefly came to quote-unquote rescue Wanda uh yeah, here's here's the sort of hippie rich, you know, this is what they had hoped to, to have Danny Rand be like off the bat with Finn Jones, uh, the kind of annoyingly, I'm pretending to be a hippie hipster, but I'm really a rich kid, uh, but I'm lovable thing. Uh, uh, Vera Farmiga in red silk. Oh my God, is she stunning. Haley Steinfeld looking like a regular girl. I mean, this is exactly if, if, um, uh, if, let's put it this way, in Edge of Seventeen, where her father died as well, if that 17-year-old Haley Steinfeld character's mom remarried a rich guy and they moved to New York, uh, you know, and then this was seven years later, I, this is totally could be in continuity um, with, with that character. And Edge of Seventeen, for sure, was the character, in my opinion, she's done so many and obviously being an action star being able to handle being an action star in bumblebee was was not insignificant but i'm sure kevin feige like the rest of us saw edge of 17 and saw what i saw and how brilliant her quote-unquote small performance was in that quote-unquote small movie with the amazing woody harrelson um and uh uh you know, applying that to a young up and coming superhero. Wanda is so disturbed, and that's what makes uh, th- that character and Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of that character from the beginning so great, is how disturbed and dark that character is. And then you've got all American Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, and you've got Tessa Thompson, who's a goddess, and Natalie Portman, who's just a super genius. And, you know, you've got tons of great female characters, um, but just a spoiled rich kid who's sort of like Jessica Jones. I mean, if Jessica Jones had a much better um or at least more stable upbringing um you know i mean i mean look 
you know, this this is a possible Jessica Jones path. If her family doesn't die, she grows up with a little bit more money, she has more family problems, but it's still her family, and there's more stability, and she doesn't have to deal with the, oh, I got super strength thing. Another thing I love about this is, you know, with Wanda, it's great because she's the most powerful from the start, and so you just roll with, you know, her being a level 10 Omega, um, a mutant, uh, Omega, sorry, 10, I'm, I'm, I'm just losing in here. I'm still, I'm still watching the TV going, is this really happening? We actually got at least Seinfeld as Kate Bishop. Oh, here's the guy, right. So here's the guy who's sort of the sleazier, better looking, but immediately distrustful sleazy version. Uh, physically, uh, his dad, I mean, he's got the big mustache as opposed to the goatee, but it's, you know, not a, not a coincidence. I mean, Haley Steinfeld, you know, models, you know, bikinis and lingerie and posts ridiculous photos of herself online, but she always ends up playing the regular girl on, on television, even when it's Kate Bishop or Emily Dickinson or uh, Charlie from Bumblebee, which was another great role by her. But anyways, I'm sure Kevin Feige saw Edge of 17 and was like, yep, I can make this into Kate Bishop. I want to make this into Kate Bishop. He said, and he's confirmed what I thought would be the case, which um, when this started a couple of years ago, here's the brief family scene. Um, I don't think we actually see Car- Cardellini here. Um, he, you know, he, he quote unquote talks her on the phone. I just don't think they could get Linda Cardellini and him in the same place for a very quick shoot during the heart of COVID when they were really taking a lot of precautions. It just wasn't worth it. Um, and But we do get to see her uh, briefly, I think in this episode and maybe one of the other ones. She's such a phenomenal actress. I guarantee a thousand percent they would love to have more Linda Cardellini in this first season. But with so few episodes and so much ground to cover and introducing Kate Bishop, it just wasn't going to be possible. And so they've, oh, there's she is looking amazing oh yeah oh man uh linda cardellini so good freaks and geeks one of the all-time great shows the show that not only launched judd apatow's career but everyone that is associated with apatow seth rogan um uh, sorry i'm just uh, hip- hypnotized by the uh, still adorable and still beautiful linda cardellini Lindsay weir Freaks and Geeks. Um, uh, sorry, Jason Siegel, uh, James Franco. I mean, literally the whole Apatow crew launched it's one way or the other. Martin Starr um, uh, in, in Freaks and Geeks. She was the star, and she it was it was about her, and it was phenomenal. And here's Renner killing it with his kids. He's so relaxed. And I remember watching in the on-scene, uh, you know, um, the, the footage um, of them actually filming, which I, you know, I actually gained a lot of followers online because while I knew Seinfeld was a star, I didn't realize the level to which she was someone who was one of these, like, you know, uh, cult stars who people just love, like, you know, almost like, um, you know, like the Jonas Brothers or young Taylor Swift or something around the world is just a cult figure, uh, actress, singer, and so forth. Haley Seinfeld actually gained followers, but I covered the shit out of the filming of this last Christmas in New York, um, and I'm glad my friends, my my you know old friends who didn't know this psychotic side of me when it came to young female actresses. That's not sexual, guys. I swear to God, they are beautiful, but it's really about their talent and just and just my loving being right uh, that me being entertained by this these amazing uh, young talents is translating to other people uh, being able to on larger levels in more and more types um in numbers of properties and so forth um but uh, i posted a ton uh, during it and you could see that they were bonding while it was happening but it seemed like they weren't actually spending much time together and indeed the shoot went really quickly they've spent more time uh in the last month or so leading up to this with the 
press things. Here's Haley Steinfeld being unbelievably charming as she only she can in her Haley Steinfeld way. Um, they've spent so much more time together in the press stuff, and it's honestly, it's not like Chris Pine and Gal Gadot with the Wonder Woman press tour, because he's genuinely in love with her, and she is, I mean, you know, Gal Gadot's long married and has kids, but, you know, at some level, Chris Pine and, and Gal Gadot just have amazing real-life chemistry, and Chris Pine does not hide the fact about how easy it was to, to play Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman, because all he did was fall in love with Gal Gadot on screen, which was easy to do, because how can you not fall in love with Gal Gadot? She's like that in real life, Diana Prince. Um, but just in terms of the, the how relaxed and making each other laugh constantly was going on in these interviews, uh, um, and it seemed like they wanted to do more and more interviews than they even had to do. I mean, this was the biggest press tour by far they've had for a Disney Plus show. It's not even close. They treated it like a movie. As soon as they started rolling this out a month or two ago, we were seeing billboards around the world. There was there were on you know uh, um, uh, national television ads in this country around the world. They they introduced Tom. Brady Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago with a very expensive and highly produced and well planned out um, uh, intro with 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 Haley and, and, and Renner, um, but with a Hawkeye theme with modern dance and uh, it was I, I mean you know again they've they've been dying to 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 to, to to go back to the Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War days with their huge marketing and PR campaigns. Um, it seems like they've had more fun, Marvel that is, as a whole, with this uh, than any of them. And it's because of these two personalities. Everyone loves working with Renner, which is why the rumors about him didn't stick. I, I won't linger on that. I, I, you know, There's so much horrible dust in Hollywood. I, I had known mostly that the Renner rumors were probably uh, you know not true. And he has... All I'll say is Renner is a single dad and he loves his daughter to death and he's great with people. People love him. He's great with kids of, of all genders and ages. And um, uh, as I was saying, you could just tell in the press tour that they were finally getting to know each other. You know, um, Haley Seinfeld has a great quote about how they felt like they were on the run, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde making this season because even though it was only six episodes, they had so little time and it was COVID and it was night and it was expensive, but they had to do it fast and, you know, everything. And so he, she said uh, they sort of took on the the, the uh, persona of sort of fun-loving ban banditos or whatever, you know, uh, pirates on the, you know, new, like urban pirates. Um, and that helped inform uh, uh, and fl and, uh, um, uh, you know, really uh, burst life into their characters. But now they've really gotten to know each other, uh, both through social media, but especially, oh, here's the dog, here's Pizza Dog, uh, but especially online, I'm sorry, especially on the press tour where they've gotten to spend time. And, you know, each day we see another clip of Renner just making her laugh more and more. And Haley's a very smiley, laughy person. She loves people. She loves people. And everyone, lo I mean, hearing the Dickinson cast, I mean, she's made the careers of so many young women on Dickinson, it's hard to even name Ella Hunt, of course, being the one, the number one, you know, Emily Dickinson's lover, played by, um, uh, oh, here we go, Armand, don't insult my intelligence, uh, yeah, I haven't really been paying attention to this, but, um, but yeah, but th this was the comparison to, to Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. It was Chris Pine just loved making Gal Gadot laugh uh, uh, by making fun of himself and her in loving ways on the press tour. And these these two uh, on the press tour equally have been having a blast getting to know each other. And uh, you know, I thought I thought Haley would. I thought the worst case scenario was that this would be very good. 
uh, if not groundbreaking, and that Haley would like it, um, but she would like it enough and she would like render enough that she'd at least consider doing some more. And certainly just the money and, and publicity of being in Avengers movies was, for, you know, I, clearly going to come out of that. You know, I initially thought this would be a one season thing and they'd immediately start putting her in the movies, but they had such a blast doing the TV format, working together them too, but also bringing in new characters like Echo and we're going to bring in some others who we'll talk about later and shepherding in this New York City universe. I mean, she does it again. She rebooted Transformers. She helped boot Apple TV Plus with Dickinson and sort of the satirical, offbeat, historical, revisionist uh, dramedy genre, which we didn't even know existed or we needed until Dickinson. Let's be honest, guys. Uh, and here she is re- rebooting M- Marvel uh, New York City, which has always been my favorite thing since I saw Daredevil and um, especially early Jessica Jones. You guys know JJ's my fave. Jessica Jones season one is my favorite thing Marvel's done. And um, the fact that Kate Bishop is more like uh, 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 most portrayals of uh, brave, super smart, uh, but uh, somewhat neurotic and flawed Barbara Gordon uh, uh, as Batgirl. Uh, the fact that this Kate Bishop is more like Batgirl than Jessica Jones is totally fine with me. Um, and honestly, it's like the perfect merging. You know, I, I had... Uh, after Jessica Jones, Haley was the one I was like, we got to find a place for her. That's when I started the Batgirl line of thought. And then she ends up here, which is somewhere in the middle, which is which is absolutely perfect. Because you have to let Haley go dark because, she, you know, I mean, she can just be funny, like in Pitch Perfect. But if you want her to go, you know, three, four, five, six, ten, hundred dimensional um, um, awesomeness uh, version of Haley Steinfeld, which we know she can be, you have to do it in both a comedic and uh, dramatic con- context. And Renner, another reason I, I knew they would work well together or thought they strongly that they would work well together was he al- he also succeeds there. Now, Wind River was extremely dark. Wind River is one of the only scenes of movies I love that I have to fast forward parts of it, which is the rape scene. They warn you that there's going to be a rape. They don't hide that there's a straight up rape in it um and it's absolutely horrifying um and uh when it happens you're like i should have seen this coming a mile away because we had heard that it happened and he was they're investigating it but when they there's, there's a quick flashback um and we see the rape of the native american rape and murder of the rape of native, native american girl uh that's being investigated by elizabeth olsen and jeremy renner's characters it's horrifying um uh so there's not a lot of room for humor there. But but even in, in the little moments where he's sort of breaking in the young FBI agent who's way too naive and thinks she knows way more than she does, Elizabeth Olsen's character in Wind River, they get a few little things. But if you look at their relationship throughout Ultron and then, of course, Civil War, you can see it. Every little, every tiny little moment they have to work in some humanity, which is manifested by jokes, right? We, we, we try and break up both the boredom and the horror of day-to-day life with some level of humor to the extent that we can. And it usually doesn't land. And, and the true comedic geniuses like Kelly Steinfeld, but also, you know, Bill Murray um, uh, in his dramatic roles where he gets some comedy or Jim Carrey, you know, in his very serious dramatic roles that he did, like these type of people um, who are real actors, but can be funny, but can also be very dark, disturbing and, and all the things we want in our actors is you, you have to successfully fail in on purpose in telling jokes as part of your character development and building to the audience as it goes on. So like, 
it, like you know it, it's not the funny jokes uh that are what make Haley steinfeld impressive that she delivers it's the unfunny ones that she that she, you know that make you relate to her and, and and love it and realize her brilliance because you know it, it's it, it's like what they say about actors being bad actors that you know, you can be a bad actor, but to be a great actor, acting like you're a bad actor is like one of the hardest things. And being someone who's so super funny, acting on purpose unfunny for the character and for the larger sort of sense of, of, of humor and sort of the literary sense of humor. I know, I know I'm kind of rambling here on literary theory, talking about Hawkeye as they're bidding on some sort of switchblade sword or whatever going on. I still don't know what's going on with the plot with this because all I'm doing is watching Steinfeld and Renner and, uh, and marveling um, uh, uh, that Feige made this happen. Um, uh, but the point being is, you know, Again, watch Edge of Seventeen, or even her character in Pitch Perfect 2. Emily, she stole the movie by being so awkward and too try-hard, but she was so earnest. And she was when she's funny, it's 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 unintentionally funny. And you know, Renner does it on much 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 smaller levels, like with little facial things he does. It's a perfect balance. All right, so she's immediately investigating Rich's sketchy stepdad from the start. They needed a way, again, in a short series, they needed a way to get Bishop uh, with her hero, her childhood hero, um, uh, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, right away. And so there needed to be a few um, happy or unhappy coincidental circumstances Here's the Ronin suit. So here's the connection is he's somehow connected with the fetishization of Ronin, who was Hawkeye's nihilistic, murderous self uh, after the snap. When his family disappeared, he lost all hope. He apparently immediately lost all morals and just started murdering people. And now he's dealing with it. It was it was sold in two seconds. They tried to sell it in two seconds in Endgame, and it worked because it was it was uh, Renner and it was Scarlett Johansson bringing him back. Uh, you know, don't give me hope. And then, of course, him having to let her die, even while trying to kill himself with the orange soul gem and everything following it. Uh, obviously, he was amazing in Endgame. And none of this would be possible, but they were planning this show well before Endgame because, uh, once again, Feige has always seen um, in Ren uh, Renner um, for this kind of role, uh, both on and off screen, when I say role, um, what, what I have. And, uh, you know, he was certainly a highlight, even for people like Matty G and other Bizzlecast contributors who haven't always been the biggest Renner fans. He was easily one of the, the highlights, um, especially if you weren't expecting it um, in, in Endgame. Um, and so, uh, you know, just like they've had to sell the snap in Thanos, which makes zero sense from any sort of logistical, logical, rational, or even cursory thought level, um, it makes zero sense. Uh, killing half the universe to save the universe, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But with the actors and the writers and the production, it works. And uh, same with him being the Ronin and being the murderer. Now, as of, uh, just to jump ahead again, I'm three episodes in. They've released three, and there's three more still to be released. Um, and so this will be nice. I'll kind of take breaks between the commentaries, and, and then they'll come out, and I'll watch one. I'll do another commentary. Um, but I've seen the first three of six, and she's acting like she doesn't know who the Ronin is. But Haley Steinfeld is playing very clear on her face, in my opinion, in the show, that she knows exactly that it's 
her childhood hero. She's so perceptive, she's so smart, uh, and she's not disturbed, even though she has some problems and has, you know, some some family and life issues. She's not disturbed like Jessica Jones. She can see clearly, and you know, the 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 nice. But I hope people are picking up character twist so far is when she's with Hawkeye and they're doing like trick arrow stuff and taking out bad guys. She's totally being the Spider Man. Uh, you know, when Spider-Man's with the Avengers being like, oh, Captain America, you're awesome. Like, oh, Ant-Man, you're awesome. Like, oh, man, you know, like, uh, uh, like openly fawning over how cool their their heroes are and wanting to be them and so forth um, uh, uh, to, to a reckless level, a reckless seeming level. But when they're just at the diner and Renner thinks he's, she's not smart enough or old enough to be paying attention to the body language. And this is where they really get to act is when they're just at the diner and they're talking about life stuff. And that's what I was most excited about in the show. And while this action scene, first action scene with Haley is great and it's easily defenders level, not in terms of awesomeness, but in terms of you can't tell where Haley comes in or out. And when the, the stunt double comes in or out, um, they leave a wide swath above and below her eyes. So anytime she's even in media, shot looking near the camera you can tell it's her um like here it's her here it's Haley. camera hasn't moved now she's just looking now jumped this is goes to a stunt double now she's hanging on to the thing back to the stunt double back to i mean they you know they they perfected this they invented this and they perfected this with scarlett johansson which is these women yes they're beautiful but they're 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 full-bodied women and they're actresses and we only have so much time with them and we don't want them to die or hurt themselves we want them to look real so how do we do just enough with scarlett johansson as doing black widow action or just enough with Haley? Steinfeld doing uh, Kate Bishop um, uh, uh, action, you know, in between the stunt double stuff. And they strike a great balance here. They're really holding on this uh, hand-to-hand scrap. She really threw him down there. Um, that's Haley Steinfeld. They still haven't switched the camera out yet. Um, so she had to do that little jujitsu move where she, she uh, grappled him onto the ground. Now she jumps out. I won't do this for everything. This is the first big action scene. But anyways, as of three episodes in, in I would be shocked if she hasn't already put it together. Um, cause Haley Steinfeld's playing on her face that, She's almost insulted, uh, I think, Kate Bishop uh, is almost insulted that Clint Barton is so out of it in, in his brain, even and especially around her, um, that he can't put together, that she's smart enough to put together the obvious that he's the Ronin, or at least could, could be, or might be, or associated with. And she's playing like he's got nothing to do with the Ronin, and going along with the stupid story that he's doing it for her and for somebody else or whatever. Oh, that was a cool flip across the street. Here she is, saving the dog. I love how she's in this sort of Shredder Ninja Turtles thing. Okay, here's this guy. Okay, so this is okay. So this is the guy who marks her, right? So this is why Hawkeye gets involved because now this is the the jumpsuit gang who they you know gave a terrible name so that they can make fun of the terrible name, the jumpsuit gang, and this will be connected to Echo and I assume her step her stepdad or so forth. Um, but she gets uh you know she gets tagged or marked or whatever um by that guy. Um, is he fra fru 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 the Irish actor or so forth? Um, I. I 
there's a lot of interesting uh, um, actors who I'd never heard of who are involved in this project. I just don't know them well. Um, and so I'll save some of that for later on to see who makes it through all the episodes as things get bigger and bigger. Um, but anyways, the Ronin was the connection that that was going to bring him to her. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's put it this way. If his name was like sewn on the inside of the Ronin helmet, you know, like, like, like a mom sewing your, your name into your underwear and it said Clinton Barton, she would have even more quickly up oh, here here's the scenes from endgame here's him turning around this is straight from endgame where he looks back and there's natasha they're not going to show natasha but that's that's the scene the last person he he murders before he comes back to the avengers don't give me help but of course she does and he takes it and he goes and he helps save the universe and bring his family back here's the dog we're safe all right let's try and listen to some Haley here these episodes are so short actually this one's pretty long Black Martin swords, right? He's she's already putting together. That's this is this is also great the, the setup here because it's you you know you you think the Ronin thing is just trying to get her to Hawkeye as quick as possible, um, but by tying in her her sketchy uh, step dad or step boyfriend or whatever. In her own weird <laughs> vigilante investigations, you know, pre-Spider-Man, Spider-Man stuff that's going on, and she's putting it all together, right? She really doesn't trust him. Loves her mom, which is what you want, and mom's not going to see it until it's too late, but hopefully she can save mom. Do not destroy this apartment. Oh, he's blind in one eye. Oh, they got a blind dog. They got a deaf ninja, and they're doing everything in Marvel. <laughs> Fuck you, Trumpers. Uh, um, but, uh... This also forces a somewhat bored... I mean, you know, she's like Oliver Queen, but not having gone through the island, right? She's a rich kid with too much time. She's way too smart to be doing nothing um, other than being a rich kid with a part-time job and then going out at night trying to be, you know, uh, trying to be uh, uh, Senorita Hawkeye, you know, Hawkeye uh, part de, a female version, 2021. Uh, and so they need to give her something, a case. They need to give her a mystery to act that brain um, uh, with, with, with Kate here. And uh, the fact that it, it, you know, right away it ties together family stuff, things she's already been hearing about the Ronin and just about, you know, uh, the, the sort of, you know, vigilante stuff in the city that she apparently has some involvement with. She hates the candies. Um, uh, uh, and then, of course, her hero, Clint Barton, immediately the brain is going to now devote itself full-time to solving this case because it's all the important things in her life. Um, it's like Jen Erso with, 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 with her dad, Galen. Um, is it quote-unquote convenient that Jen Erso's dad is the designer of the Death Star? Um, I, I mean, it, it's not really convenient because you don't have a story otherwise. And if you go to my, my, my Rogue One commentary, uh-oh, dead guy. Mm, forgot from the auction. That's not good. Um, I talk about how, you know, just Felicity Jones and the subtleties in the dark side of the rebellion with Diego Luna and so forth already was interesting in Rogue One, but by having Mads Mikkelsen, Galen Erso character as her dad, and have her be directly connected to you know a galaxy killing weapon um, that you know that. that sh- that activates her into being really a, a moral person and, and not just a street rat or whatever is what you need to do um, in that sort of epic mythical storytelling. Oh, do we not even get the meaning of, uh, of Clinton here? She's still got ninja stuff on. And 
Oh, oh, does she get captured right away in the first episode? The jumpsuit gang? They come right after her. Yeah, that's the thing. So we do learn that Kate is missing some basic skills, like how to bandage herself and so forth, but she's also missing basic street-wise uh, skills, um, like covering her tracks. Because she just assumed in the costume no one would think of it. Here she goes. We get another Kate Bishop fight. I forgot we got two big ones in the first one. Oh, yeah. Haley Steinfeld kicking ass. Oh, man. I can't ask for anything more. I mean, she's always been... Look, you guys know that Jen Erso is my waifu and Felicity Jones is a goddess. And, you know, for me, the perfect woman and the perfect actress. Um, you know, Amelia Clark is sort of just like the adorable, uh, uh, brilliant star that... Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't get enough of, uh, but Haley Steinfeld is definitely the, the, you know, Ooh, someone nailed them. She was the first that I, you know, in, in this phase of my life where film present and also history and future became so important to me. Here it is. Um, oh man, what a great intro. I forgot how great the end of the first episode was. Um, you know, she's the one I, I hitched my wagon to immediately upon coming across her uh, in Pitch Perfect 2 2015, then remembering True Grit and then seeing everything since then. I just, you know, I did this in the music business. I, I just, uh, you know, <laughs> I call it a superpower. The bottom line is there's so many types of intelligences and one of them is just recognizing talent. Um, I thought it was just going to be musical. Uh, interestingly, later in life, I'm fine. You're, you're Hawkeye. The left-handed punch. We know Hawkeye's lefty. Who are you? Oh, man, there we go. Oh, great episode. Great, great episode. So good. So good. Oh, man. Um, but uh, anyway, so I pause this. There's Matt Fraction. As I was talking about. Um, let me... Let me mute this. I can talk for a little bit. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, while my music company is still going and we're managing some of the best uh, international artists from around the planet, Modiba, check us out, Modiba.net, Modiba Productions. Shout out to my boy, Eric Herman. Did it right out of college, traveled to Africa around the world, uh, identifying young artists and launching their careers. And it was both fun and very satisfying, uh, but it was very uh, hard. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're specifically not working with artists uh, for monetary reasons, meaning you're not trying to find the next big pop star to make money, you're just looking for sheer talent. You have to do it out of love and know that, you know, you might not make a ton of money or you might maybe even lose, lose money in the end. And uh, you know, for me, it just was, uh, I knew I wasn't going to, while I love music, just as a part of my life, I, I knew that, you know, ultimately I would go do some other things. Um, and uh, I went to go back to school and get an advanced degree and keep studying philosophy and religion. And I wanted to teach and I wanted to work with youth and all that stuff. And so, you know, um, so when I came back to the podcast, the fact that I was immediately, it was because of sort of the film renaissance in my life in, uh, uh, sort of from, I guess, like maybe I would say 2009, 2010 through 2015 when I started um, the Bizzlecast um, was just how much I... Re what, what, 
let me put it this way, even more than listening to an album for the first time and immediately recognizing how great it is, even if I'd never heard of the artist before, heard of the album before, now with film, I was starting to see movies f- from the lowest uh, budget indie level to the biggest budget Avengers level, like with Winter Soldier. You know, I never thought I would care about Captain America, Marvel movies, or Steve Rogers, or Chris Evans, t- to be honest with you. And I walked out of my very first watching uh, in 2014 of Captain America Winter Soldier, which I often credit as being the, the main catalyst um, uh, f- uh, for the Vizzlecast in a lot of ways, uh, and being like, wow. Uh, I didn't think or know any of those things. And two hours later, I love Chris Evans and Captain America is easily my favorite superhero. And I never thought I would say that. Um, I, I want to see what's going on. Maybe there's more going on this Marvel stuff. And uh, you know what? The comic book stuff has been very up and down since I started six years ago. But it turned out that I got a few of the big things I wanted around, again, as I I'll leave you with this first episode, and we'll jump into number two. Um, Lizzie Olsen, <laughs> you go to my WandaVision podcast, uh, you can go back to Ultron, everything in between, constantly praising and, and uh, uh, trumpeting uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, but my One Division uh, uh, podcast after the series ended uh, uh, early in the year with uh, Jason Ritter. You hear how much affection I have for her as an actress. Um, but I do talk about Haley in that because we knew that it was coming. And I did talk about uh, Tatiana Maslany in that because she's maybe the best of all of them and, and just been brought in as She-Hulk or whatever, which is in production now, which is even, you know, I mean, that that's a production that could be so good. Uh, especially with Ruffalo as like an occasional sidekick. I can't even let my brain go there. I'm just thrilled that we're here now with Kate Bishop and Haley Steinfeld, which two plus years after I first heard about it from my inside sources actually was true and was happening, and that Kevin Feige was going to pursue her just as long and hard as he should, and as I thought he might, and he did, and he nailed it, and they nailed it. Great first episode. Um, uh, uh, you know, part of the reason I don't pay super attention always the first time to these episodes is because I know I'm going to watch them a bunch of times and uh that was really i mean uh, as a 40 minute origin story our secondary origin story goes on disney plus um uh with tons of kate in the first one which is what you had to do um but one thing i'm going to talk about in episode two and especially three is we're getting way more renner just straight um uh you know jeremy renner as clint barton um uh, character wise that's not just revolving around kate bishop this isn't the kate bishop show that they're calling hawkeye because she's the new hawkeye this is actually the hawkeye show and uh they don't need any artificial uh methods um or so forth to make Haley Steinfeld jump off the screen because she does it without trying. Um, and so, uh, the, uh, you know, they're letting Renner lay in the cut but when he has his solo moments uh, of thought um, or one-on-one moments with family or with her or whatever. It just absolutely nails it with his subtle performance. I look forward to talking about uh, talking <laughs> with you about that as well. Thank you for joining me. Um, uh, I'm uh, just so, so happy we're here. I'm so happy you're here um, just in general. Um, and please take care of yourselves and be well. And I will see you for uh, season one, episode two of Hawkeye, uh, <laughs> which is entitled, what is it entitled, Bizzle? What is it entitled, Bizzle? I got to have it here somewhere. It is called Hide and Seek. There you go. Thanks so much for joining me. You've been great. I've been the Bizzle. May the force be with you.
Kate Bishop, we got her. Heli Steinfeld, baby. Ah, oh, see you for the next episode. Bizzlecast out.